0: as we continue our journey through the book of Acts, Philip is highlighted in the spotlight and the opportunity God gave him and he seized. Let's think about this as you're seated. You say Philip, and you hear what was read this morning, and you may think opportunity. Well, we've been saying that. So if you haven't been thinking Philip an opportunity, let's think that way now. And you realize every opportunity starts with God. I don't know that we always recognize that. Sometimes we believe and talk and think that we create our own opportunities or somebody else creates an opportunity for us, or maybe the circumstances open the door of opportunity, wh- whatever it may be. Well, God speaks. He's the one behind opportunity. He speaks one way or another, and opportunity opens up. Today, as we heard the reading from Acts, it was to Philip that God spoke and opportunity became his this is the philip not the philip of the 12 disciples this is the philip of the book of acts so like as we talked about and considered stephen as one of those seven men who was commissioned to take care of the widows who were in need philip was one of those as well we don't know much about philip except what we read this morning And we do know that whatever it was that anybody else knew about him, he's considered today a saint, and he's got his own place on the calendar to remember him, and no doubt this particular incident. Philip got a message from God through an angel, and the angel told him what his GPS didn't. Well, he didn't have a GPS. So the angel told him, go down the road, follow and go from Jerusalem down to Gaza. Philip listened and he went. And then verse 29, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, go to that chariot and stay by it. Stand by for an opportunity. And there it was an Ethiopian official who was reading the scriptures having worshiped in Jerusalem but he was puzzled he didn't understand what he was reading ever happened to you <laughs> it's happened to me plenty of times and there was philip god's answer for the ethiopian and he began to help that man understand what god had said through the prophet isaiah which ultimately led to faith and the baptism of that official somewhat reminds me about what jesus experienced after he rose from the dead, walking with those two men down the road to Emmaus, right? He told them what the scriptures had said and pointed to him. He opened the scriptures to them, just like Philip did to that man at the roadside. And then when that was done, the interpretation and the baptism, poof, Philip was gone. I don't know if there was a poof, but it said that he disappeared And he ended up in Azotus. And he continued to work by God's offering. Imagine that. Out of the blue, Philip gets to that position. And out of the blue, the circumstance unfolds as God unfolded an opportunity for him. It says a lot. And among the things that this says is that God communicates. It's it's one of the takeaways from what we read and god spoke directly audibly first through an angel who are god's messengers with his words and then the spirit the spirit of god who talked to philip and pointed him to that man and to that chariot god spoke directly audibly did you ever hear by the way someone today say god spoke to me And told me to go here or God spoke to me and said do this or talk to that individual you know that's kind of foreign to a lot of Christians and maybe even especially us Lutherans God speaking audibly it's often met by us with some doubt and scratching of the head and saying well are you sure did that really happen Well, it may be strange to us, but what I've learned, because it was strange to me for a long time, I I learned a question that's been helpful for me. And when someone says, God told me to do this, I've learned to ask, well, what do you mean by that? Unpack that a little bit for me. And then the person goes on to say whatever that communication and however that communication was delivered. And sometimes they say, "I, I heard, the voice of God. And I've heard that more than once. What do you mean by that? I heard the voice of God. Some tend to doubt that, but really there's two things here, two in particular. Look at the Bible. Look at how God operated, even in the beginning with Eve and Adam. He spoke, they listened, they acted. Although in disobedience at one point, they listened to the voice of God so did Abraham as we read from Genesis 12 onward God spoke to Abraham out of the blue and he said you're my man I'm going to make of you a great nation I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to many others and same way with Moses in the wilderness there was a bush that was burning quite a sight but out of the bush came a voice. The voice identified as God and spoke to Moses and gave him his job, his calling, his mission. And there Moses was. If it happened then, who's to say it doesn't happen now? Well, some would say, well, we don't need that any longer. Well, because we have had Pentecost we've had jesus before pentecost and we have the scriptures since and that's all the communication we need well that certainly is communication but can we limit god can we rule out how he's acted in the past for how he may be working on occasion here and there in his people today you know i've asked around. And even about a year or so ago, I asked in a public Bible study and one of the pastors there who was a member of the congregation said, when I was called to the pastoral ministry, I heard the voice of God, literally distinctly calling me to be a pastor. And I've talked with many other people too, Christians who have said the very same thing, whether called to ministry or not, they will and they do, maybe you've heard too, give witness to an audible voice of God. And me, I've learned humbly to listen, not to deny or discredit. Who am I to do such a thing? God communicates and opens opportunities directly with his voice, but also through an experience I mentioned Moses. And it was not only the voice of God from that bush, but it was the whole experience of a burning bush and taking off his sandals as commanded because he was on holy ground. The same thing happened with Saul on the Damascus Road, something we're going to look at next week, by the way, as he heard Jesus. But the whole experience, the combination of voice and experience, turned Saul around and put him on the path of new life. Philip same kind of confirmation confrontation and confirmation and remember I mean we're Lutheran right Martin Luther do you remember the famous story about him caught in a thunderstorm under a tree not the best place to be lightning striking around him he prayed to Saint Anne, and I trust God overheard the prayer and he said save me and I'll be a priest and through that experience his life turned around and was dedicated to God. And I've had some experience like that too. Not, not a thunderstorm, not lightning, but when I came to town, I came hurt. I came wounded. I came mixed up, afraid, and thought that perhaps as I was confused, this would be a brief stopping point on my spiritual journey, individually but also my calling as a pastor. That was the early 1990s. But God took that experience and he opened up opportunity. And I got a call. I received a ministry and been in Fort Wayne ever since. Just like the experience that have followed my retirement, God has, exper- has opened up opportunity to me through experiences. Not me looking, but the experiences that he has orchestrated maybe you too sometimes we see that only as we look back over our shoulders sometimes we recognize it right at the moment but God as well as with a voice with experience that he orchestrates he speaks to us somebody once said there's no such thing as an accident when it comes to God it's just when he chooses to remain silent Well, I could twist that a little bit and say it's just when he decides to use an experience or when he speaks silently or through experience or even also through a leaning, a leaning that we have. You know, we're all oriented in certain kinds of ways. We lean in certain directions toward this or that in any kind of field and experience for me speaking personally again it was a leaning toward being a pastor there were generations in my family who were pastors there wasn't any pressure but I felt that I was leaning in that direction and God began to work through that for me for you you've got talents you have Things that you're better at, things that you enjoy. And that's a leaning of God to use opportunities in your field, in your area of interest and joy to serve. That's why regularly we talk not about announcements here, but we talk about opportunities for you to use your God given gifts. Whether it's here in the ministry of St. Michael. Or whether it's in the community or ways that you lean that God can use you for sharing the message of Jesus love throughout the world and sometimes that inclination turns into a nudge we lean one way and then maybe we feel a nudge not knocking us over but something a little bit more distinct something a little bit more recognizable it's true a lot of inclinations are somewhat under the skin, so to speak. But a nudge, even a little, sometimes a series of nudges to God's will, toward his opportunity. Me, I was nudged as a pastor, and I remember this very distinctly, when it first happened and repeatedly thereafter. I was given a nudge to go visit somebody. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll get around to it. Well, I'd learned that God was giving me that nudge because he needed me to go see that person right then, right there. I had ignored it. And I learned, sadly, that I should have been there. I could have been there by God's nudge. And ever since I've had those nudges, I respond. I listen because I believe, and I think it's true, that God is the orchestrator. And isn't that true, perhaps, in what you heard jesus talking about the good samaritan whether it was a parable or whether it was a true life event we don't know but those men didn't get a nudge two of them but the samaritan did and he followed the nudge and he helped the man in need god uses all sorts of things and we can't we dare not limit god toward the opportunities he provides but how does god communicate another way it's the best way it's the fullest way and that is through his word through his word now maybe you first think of the Bible when I say that but that's not what the Bible first puts before us you know Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth well Saint John picks up that with his gospel and said in the beginning was what the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was the word of God, his best and fullest communication to the world. As he operated in a narrow sphere, a small sphere in Palestine, yet his influence, his word spread even to today throughout millions and millions of people across this globe. And then there is the word about the word. And that's what the Bible is. The word of God about the word Jesus. And that's where we can turn to learn of Jesus and to learn of all the opportunities that God gave through Jesus and continues to offer. In all of this, God speaks. In all of this, he opens opportunity. But you know, we've got to verify that. It's important to make sure God speaks to us, that it's God's opportunity before us. And certainly, the first place we go is to align what we sense with the scripture, with Jesus. You know, do you remember some of you, WWJD, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Remember that? We had little bracelets we wore, and we saw it, we talked about it, And some people thought, well, that's kind of simple and oversimplistic. That's That's kind of the wrong approach. Well, I'm not so sure it was. It's a good question. What would Jesus do? What does the Word say? The Word of Jesus, the Word of Scripture. Keep in mind, the Bible's not an answer book like a catechism where there's one question after another and the distinct, direct answer. But to connect to the word, that's where we go. And whatever the word says, whatever God turns us to in the word, he uses to bring about the opportunity and his desired results. And always accompanying that with verification is prayer. And, you know, sure, prayer is us speaking to God. But part of that experience is being open to God speaking to us. In any one of the ways I talked about, or maybe one that goes beyond that. Speaking and listening, those go together in prayer. And then, you see, there's Christians who are around us. You know, and that's why we are together, personally. That's why we have relationships in community. So that as we hear God speak, we can test it out with people whom we know also have a relationship with God through Jesus. And, you know, that's going on right today, right here, as you talk with each other. And whether you know it or not, maybe throw some things up the flagpole to find out if that's where God is leading. And that's certainly happening with our call committee as they pray, as they look to God's word, and as they speak with each other, trying to discern whom God has chosen to be the next senior pastor it's a hunt and it's a hunt together orchestrated by God to open up opportunity we pray soon and then there is at least another verification with our conscience remember Pinocchio Jiminy Cricket on one shoulder and that devil like on the other conscience is what those were all about And our conscience is like what Martin Luther said. It needs to be. Our conscience is captive to the word of God, to Jesus, and to his scripture. And so we can, if that is the case, listen to conscience and follow that as a verification of what God is calling us to do. we got to be careful because the conscience can get that counter voice To lead us in another direction but we listen and we have what's important in the Word of God and through all of that God offers opportunity you know you turn to the book of Revelation and you say well I'm gonna stay away from that one that's too hard to understand but at least the first three chapters are very straightforward communication of Jesus to his churches and the one in Philadelphia he gives this message not philadelphia pa but philadelphia in the ancient world these are the words of him who is holy and true who holds the key of david jesus what he opens no one can shut what he shuts no one can open i know your deeds see i've placed before you an open door that no one can shut no one can shut no one can open those are the opportunities That Jesus gives us again and again and again so that Paul could write in Galatians therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers this is where it starts where the opportunities unfold and extend they don't stop but they extend to be blessing to other people and so we're aware we need to be those opportunities are going to come, even unexpectedly. When we're not looking, maybe even when we're not ready, but to be knowing that they will come is the first step, to look for them and recognize them as coming from God and then seizing them, grabbing hold, holding tight and responding to them in faith. God gets his message across in all kinds of ways the opportunities stand before us and we have the privilege of responding in faith i I long to get answers I, i long to see opportunities god gives them to me and he gives them to you because we have the mind of christ the bible says that mind perceives things that others can't perceive we have the mind of christ So that when Paul wrote again and again, two times at least, to make the most of every opportunity, it's ours in Jesus. Grab hold in his name. Amen.